When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Pod Save the Queen! Hello and welcome back to Pod Save the Queen. Word of warning, this is going to be a la- our last episode for a little while. We will be back come the end of September. We may pop back up before then, so make sure you're subscribed so that we do when we do reappear, you'll be the first to hear about it. But I'm your host, Anne Gripper. I'm joined by Mirror Royal Editor Russell Myers, and we've been doing this for like a year non-stop, even all the way through lockdown. I know. Good afternoon. Well, we 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 haven't stopped, have we? We deserve a holiday. We yeah, we're going to take a little break. <laughs> we're going to take a little break, and it will also mean that we can spend a bit of time corralling the people that we want to get on for the next series to talk about some of the issues that you know we've come up and think are interesting and we just need to find the right people to talk about them so we can get into them in a little bit more depth thank you to those of you who have already sent in your own experiences actually of the social media landscape and how it has changed in sort of royal twitter land and if anybody else would like to get in touch then do you know send over your message on twitter or instagram i'm very happy to um have those anonymously that's totally fine because it's you know there's some there's some nasty things sometimes that happen out there in the internet and actually the uh, something that the royals have been talking about which we'll come to later both with Meghan and Harry and with Sophie Wessex also be talking a bit about Prince Andrew in this episode and what's in a name that will be coming up a bit later on oh and there's a little fashion fix too as well from our friend Sarah Bradbury who sent us over a little bit of her chat about what Meghan's been wearing out in California which has been particularly stunning why didn't you why didn't you get me involved in the fashion fix I, you will have your chance during this. <laughs> I wanted to talk to you live and get your get your thoughts on it. Because tremendous, tremendous. Russell's currently wearing a black t-shirt and some shorts. It's navy blue. Navy actually, blue. Sorry. You know, come on. Sorry. No <laughs> pussy bow. No pussy bow. <laughs> but well, you never know. You never know. Maybe I'll come back with one, like Lawrence oh. Llewellyn Bowen. Oh well, clearly we're demob happy. It's like the last day of school, all over the place. Right, back <sighs> to the program. Because back to the program. Back to the program because the Sussexes, I don't know whether it's because, you know, Finding Freedom has come out now and then they've, it feels like they've accelerated what they're doing. They've got their house, the books come yes. out, people have been talking about them and now they're, they're out doing stuff again, which is great because, you know, we have missed seeing them and that connection and and it, it just feels there's a bit more of them now. Um, so there's been a few different things recently. Um, most freshly the chat between Megan and Gloria Steinem and I think like Russell I think we talked a couple of episodes ago about Mrs America the tv show because um it had some pussy bows in it so I must have mentioned it to you (laughs) at some stage which was looking at the era of you know sort of Gloria Steinem's heyday when she was the women's lib movement were fighting for equality and recognition and all kinds of exciting things happening and you know I, I think I'd heard I'd heard her name before, but I'd not sort of seen her in real life. And then I've been watching it on the telly. And then there she is, like legend of feminism and the women's liberation movement, having a chat in the garden with Meghan Markle on one of those like nice duck wooden duck chairs that you get. Just yeah, look, I mean, chilling. The, the video, 
Uh, this monochrome video, I like I liked the look of it, actually. It's sort of the, the, the offset with the two dogs. Uh, I mean, obviously, I, I'm the same, really, Gloria Steinem. I'd heard of her sort of, as a feminist icon, didn't really know too much about her, but I've actually enjoyed reading up this week about what, sort of, what she's about, what she stood for. Uh, and it's quite an, an interesting partnership as, as to why she would want to speak to Megan. I mean, uh, you know, Megan's obviously been a huge advocate for, for women's rights, girls' education. Uh, perhaps they you know, they have a, a quite interesting footing together in in this arena right here and now. But I suppose, and you know, Gloria Steinem thinks, um, well, the affinity she, she has with Megan is Megan is being quite outspoken at the moment. Whether it's about the election coming up, she's obviously got a big platform uh, with her associations within the royal family and doing all the work that she's been doing, um, you know, as I said, in that arena. Um, and so it, it actually was quite an interesting marriage, actually. And then, and it wasn't, you know, altogether long, and there wasn't an awful lot necessarily said between the two of them. But I, but I think you've got this real understanding of where Megan is potentially going to go in the next few months or years and that's certainly we've seen an awful lot recently like you've said about her sort of maybe stepping out of the royal role almost I suppose because she's been speaking about the election um, coming for some criticism on that some of it I don't really think is altogether deserved because um, you know the fact is that she she is allowed to, to speak about things like this now. She ha she definitely has her own platform and therefore um, I definitely think we're going to see an awful lot a lot more of Megan doing this. And it's, it is interesting because, you know, arguably uh, monarchy is like one of the least democratic institutions that you get. You're born, you get the job. That's just the way it is. Um, obviously, we're a constitutional monarchy here, so the government are actually running the country, sort of, more or less, in a good or a bad fashion, depending. <laughs> I on think which somebody side. forgot to tell them that that, that was their job. <laughs> <laughs> depending which side of uh, of the political fence you're on, and the the the, um, the royal family are kind of there more as like sort of figureheads and you know brand Britain, if you like, and so we you know. Different countries have different makeups of how their of how their sort of government and democracy work. And clearly, like the US election this year is going to be a huge thing. Um, and it is, you know, it has been a very divided time for a lot of America. There's a lot of, you know, there's the the tensions of the Democrats versus the Republicans and Donald Trump has, I think, whichever side of the fence you're on, you would probably recognise that the country does feel more divided than it did in the same way that Brexit divided Britain, mm. although the pandemic has possibly brought us back together somewhat more than um, in some other places. But, you know, you cannot get away from politics in America at the moment. And I can totally understand why Meghan would want to go back there, be a part of it and try and make a difference. Like she, she is not a woman for sitting on the sidelines and, you know, just letting, letting something go by. Like I think throughout before, you know, before she was a Royal and during her Royal life, she believes that she can make a difference that she, you know, whether it was using Instagram or un becoming part of UNICEF and the work she was doing with the UN, finding a platform I think she's been quite, she's quite astute at recognising how to get a message out there. And, you know, it does make sense. She does have a huge platform at the moment. She is, she's kind of gone away and has come back out. There will have been huge attention on her conversation with Gloria Steinem. It will have reached across different generations. And, and I think it's, I think it's a really interesting thing. I thought one of the telling things that I found in the interview, so I was reading this sort of the question and answer bit that came out after the video and, you know, she, she talked, we'd seen in the video before saying how glad she was to be home and this kind of thing. And there's obviously, there's a nice bit mentioned in the Q and A about um, Harry wanting to make sure that Gloria Steinem knew that he was a feminist. He was self-declared feminist, which is a good thing. And well done and so long as he lives his values as well as saying them then that that is great and i think he i think he does and megan clearly believes he does so we can have to take her verdict on that because it's something she clearly really cares about but i was reading this q a i was reading this q a and then there was this line about a bracelet that megan has which has a um a message on it um which means a lot to gloria steinem and this movement that she 
inspired and is part of. It means everything to me on every level, said Megan. We are linked, not ranked. And it is that sense of equality. And I mean, in terms of that is the opposite of a royal family. Like the royal family is ranked. There is a pecking order. And I just, it just made me think, okay, when that is such a core part of your being, and I think this is one of the things that came through in Finding Freedom, a lot of people's kind of interpretation of it was finding the pecking order that you get in the royal family was was a problem and it it bumped for her and and now she's able to say okay we you know work on this equality stuff and democracy and everybody has a voice one vote one voice everybody is equal and it is casting your vote is the most equal thing that you can do if you go and do it yeah, I mean, I, I liked the conversation. I, you know, there was uh, bits in it where she, she, it was echoing Megan's statement saying, if you're, um, you know, if you're complacent, you're complicit. Um, Gloria was saying things like that, essentially, that, you know, it's everybody's um, duty to go out and vote. We're all equal in the vote, voting booth. There was all this sort of equality coming through. Now, let's just play devil's advocate, you know, as I like to do sometimes. Um, and I think that that these are really important messages from Megan that we're hearing time and time and time again on the back of Finding Freedom. There was certainly a narrative in that book that she, uh, well, her and Harry weren't essentially happy with the way that they were being treated. They weren't um, altogether comfortable with this hierarchical order, which, you know, obviously exists within the monarchy. They didn't like playing second fiddle to the Cambridges or Prince Charles or whoever it was because they were coming up with these big, bright ideas. And because of the way that the firm works, you know, this happens in business. It happens in companies like ours. If you want to investigate something, well, someone else is actually doing that at the moment. And I think that was what was happening uh, with the Cambridges and with, with Charles, certainly, that they were wanting to to set a path in certain directions and we're, and, we're, um, and we're being stopped from doing so. So this whole notion of we are all equal, we are all in charge of our own destiny is um, certainly fits the narrative that was played out in Finding Freedom. Um, and listen, we're going to see a lot more of it, aren't they? Because they're going to launch this new foundation and um, they're, they're absolutely free as a bird to do it as they wish. Um, and it'll be interesting to see over the next s- several months whether after the 12 week uh, period where it's all going to be evaluated, whether they um, have actually, you know, been able to do everything they want or whether there is still a level of, um, you know, partnership with the Royal family, whether they still do need to put things past uh, the, the, the men in gray suits as, um, as people have called them or the vipers within, within the palace walls to make sure that they aren't treading on, on anyone's toes because when they do launch Archwell, it is going to be, you know, a global phenomenon. Make no mistake about it. It's going to be absolutely huge. So will the royals feel that they are being overshadowed in that sense? And will they still be able to um, to work on, on issues, whatever it may be, whether it's, you know, Charles doing things for the environment, William doing things with mental health, Where where is it going to be? But I do think you'll see a lot more sort of American, US uh, centric policies within their decision making. I think this is a great time to bring in a question that Dina sent over. Thanks, Dina. Um, she says, um, it appears, maybe I'm wrong, as if Meghan and Harry are not using HRH, but still use their titles of Duke and Duchess when speaking or endorsing events. They're hosting and are involved in charity, speaking engagements and the like here in the US, while also still very involved with their royal patronages in the UK. The Commonwealth, for example, is such a big platform for them, isn't it? also closely affiliated with the Queen and the British royal family. I'd wager they are influencing many countries. From the coverage they are getting, it seems they are indeed still in senior royal positions and also performing the same role here in the United States. I'm genuinely puzzled with the part-time role because I thought that was out. Isn't that why they left the UK to become independent and leave the royal family? It just seems they are still very much in senior royal roles, and isn't that what the Queen said would not be acceptable? Even better, they are now free to choose or cherry-prick pick projects using the British royal family titles to underline their rank and status. And to me, this still represents not only the Queen and Britain, but now also influencing the US and the Commonwealth, just not using HRH. They're royals in the US from Britain doing double the duty in both countries instead of one. It's not. It's definitely not looking like they are just call me Harry and Meghan, as Harry humbly put it. Just curious how this all works. And I think, I think 
what Dina sent in, it's just done a great job of summarizing that kind of tension and opportunity and the difficulties, probably particularly for the royal family, actually, because, you know, like if you're, if you're a member of the royal family, that ba- like that baby to baby visit that they did, that is very much the kind of thing that you could imagine them doing if they'd been working in the UK in in their senior royal roles and were part of that charity. It is it is like a that was like a royal visit, really. You could say oh, yeah. was, you could yeah. say it was volunteering. You could say it was volunteering, but they took their photographer along and or, or actually in fairness it was the it was the um charity organization that that sent the pictures out but it's you know it's it, there is a confusing line at the moment and it is new for everybody that they are trying to figure it all out but they they will always be members of the royal family they had a royal wedding and they ca- they carry that royal cachet and royalness with them like even if they went and lived in a in a hut in Saxe and just disappeared off the face of the earth if somebody found them it'd still be these are the members of the royal family living in huts in the woods in the middle of nowhere listen there's there's several points here for me okay so the 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 point about using titles and certainly i I don't think it does them any any favors even if they did still have their hrhs they wouldn't have used them because in america my my view of it is that it just that, that that his royal highness wouldn't necessarily work there whereas prince harry and duchess Meghan, as a, as you know the american networks call her as she is well known um it kind of works because it's it sort of feel, feels like they are still royal but they're sort of one of us um and whereas uh, his royal highness her royal highness doesn't doesn't necessarily work i mean i'd love to know i'd love to hear from our american listeners actually of what their view of it is but sort of as an outsider um and as from a pr perspective my view is that it it wouldn't necessarily work in the states now the issue i have with baby to baby not necessarily that i have but the, the what concerns me is that yes on the face of it that looked exactly like a royal engagement there with giving out you could imagine any other roles doing it charles miller uh, william and kate handing out baby supplies um you know speaking to locals hugging well they weren't hugging because of coronavirus but you, you, you get the picture it, it looked exactly like a, a royal visit now looking into it and and some some of our listeners did actually contact me and say you know are you aware of baby to baby it is literally celeb central it is a a, a very popular charity in los angeles and they and it, you you go onto the website i had it up earlier and it's literally a who's who of hot who's been hot over the last year or so there's people like blake lively lively is that pronounced it i mean anyway there's a <laughs> there's a lot of celebs on there and I got the feeling after seeing that and just actually looking into baby to baby that they were obviously invited. Um, can you come down, do this great PR for us as in baby to baby, because they're the hot ticket at the moment. Harry and Meghan are stepping out of their Royal roles. They have been seen um, on these zoom calls. We know that they're after coronavirus or sort of as next year, they're going to be, you know, back up to mega stardom. I think this is an issue because if they're going to work with charities like this, it kind of really steps away from what they've always been about. And um, it's the complete antithesis of Meghan working with the women at Grenfell Tower, for example, a very, very small grassroots um, community-led organisation that doesn't do anything with fanfare, that she'd been going to see them um you know with without telling cameras and reporters and then it would just be sort of slipped out a couple of weeks later so i just got the feeling that they're operating in a different world and they do need to be careful and especially harry as well because they don't want to be seen to be like the new celebs on the celeb circuit and just going turning up somewhere for 10 minutes of this you know organization that has had a, a, Umpteen, um, why can't exposure. they be celebs? They could be celebs. Oh, like they're, just, they're not, but, they're not royals anymore. It's their life, their okay. life to build. So let's. Uh, so my, my my argument is that baby to baby or such organizer uh, such an organization like that has benefited massively from and it's potentially got it's got so much exposure from you know big time celebrities who have done work with it in the past and it kind of goes completely against the notion of being a royal i suppose maybe they're not now maybe that's their yeah. new path but but the the ethos of what i thought they were about is supporting 
you know, grassroots organisations to get them publicity, to get them off the ground. And Baby to Baby seems like it's already up there. It's already got this huge list of, you know, celebrity supporters. So why do they need Harry and Meghan? The, the fact is they don't, but they saw it as a very good PR opportunity. Um, and that's why they invited them down and they took the bait. Because I think this, this is all an interesting thing about like the balance of stardust, if you like, because, you know, Gloria Steinem is an icon of decades and you know megan's kind of the the new girl on the block who's who's building that um that platform to continue you know the work that she wants to do in the areas that she's interested in but equally she is the one who has the who has the spotlight right now so it's it's an interesting balance and i totally take your point in terms of the of the charities when you're talking i was thinking about the the royal patronages and the Mm. royal charities and so many of the organizations that they do work with like we've never heard of before you know like loads of the places that kate probably in particular has supported or the a lot of the organizations that um megan and harry chose for their sort of wedding list charities people had never heard of before and it made a huge difference to them but at the same time you know you've also got the huge organizations of the uk have all got royal patrons you know the national gallery or the national theater or, or whatever it might be so um i just i think that i think it is it is really interesting and it will be an interesting thing to see to see how it how it all evolves um, yeah, i'm sure they're going to do both I, I just i just find i just found it a bit surprising you know i'm not looking to knock them i just found it a bit surprising that their first foray into public life in los angeles with, with was with a charity that has been so so supported i mean i'm just looking at it now it's celebrity supporters you've got you know, Drew Barrymore, Channing Tatum, Chris Hemsworth, Chrissy Teigen. These are superstars. You know, they're proper A-list stars, right? And so then then obviously Harry and Meghan now fall into that sort of A-list celebrity circuit. And then maybe they're not royals anymore. They're not royals anymore. Well, they're not working royals. So, you know, maybe this is a, this is a philosophy thesis to be written. What is a royal? And, oh, uh, gosh, Jesus. That's how you, can, spend, you can spend your little break from our, our podcast <laughs> so you can come back with a PhD. That's exactly how I'm going to spend my holiday, yeah. <laughs> um, so, because I think the other thing that it made me think with them doing this sort of royal-esque visit of, you know, they're going and they're volunteering, which is obviously a great thing, but how do you balance that versus doing your job or trying to set up your platform and like you know we've talked we've talked I can't remember if it was last week or the week before about you know the bills they will have to pay for their house and they will need they need to secure an income and you know one of the great things about being a royal is you essentially get an income to go do to go do volunteering and help out all of these these organizations um so you know fine everybody has their free time and can do different things but working out how they can balance and find that new shape of their lives i mean it, it must be a really exciting time for them but you know at times it must also be a little bit terrifying if like you oh, this blank piece of paper oh my god what are we gonna 100%, do 100 if you've got a mortgage of 7.25 million pounds and you've promised to pay back two and a half million on your uh, on your UK pad. Um, you're going to need an awful of money, and I might I might have you know been banging this drum for the last couple of weeks, but I'm actually really really intrigued to see what they're going to do. I'm sure everybody is, but it's not just you know pitching up and what 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 we saw for them is oh yeah they'll pitch up at whether it's you know big investment bank or uh, someone like Greenpeace that they might be paid to do a speech for, or they'll go and do a tour of you know whatever, um, they're going to need they're going to need an awful lot of money. And handing out baby uh, sacks is, is great, and that is kind of like volunteering, and it keeps your profile up, and it keeps you know doing your altruistic things. But the bottom line is they're going to have a big mortgage to pay. And when Charles um, turns off the tap of his, him financing them, I, I mean, you know, they're both fabulously wealthy. A lot of reports saying between sort of 16 and 30 million worth. But if, you're, if your expenses are 5 million a year, it's not going to last very long, is it? Um, keep, so keep on I'm, buying I'm, the lottery tickets. Well, I do. I do. Every, <laughs> <laughs> I still do the podcast, though. I, okay, I do okay. it from my boat. <laughs> I've already got it planned, my big yacht. Uh, but okay. anyway, you're going to need you're going to need some big, big money. So how are they going to do it? Answers on a postcard. I, re- you know, well, our colleague Helena. Doing... Oh she, yeah, 
she had her story at the weekend that was some talk about TV shows, um, which I know you you probably yes. about, about I issues like that are particularly of interest to to the couple. So um, around, I think it was, was it education empowerment and um, my mind's my yes. mind's yeah, yeah. Blank. So like stuff like this, right? They, they they are going to be doing stuff like this, and in in terms of um, getting out, pitching Hollywood, uh, pitching projects to Hollywood bigwigs, and a lot of people were saying, oh "God, is this?" There's a lot of articles written about you know, Megan could be getting in front of the camera again. Could she? go back to Suits and I mean Suits has been cancelled now so I don't know where that came from but it was like you know certain one of the uh, industry bigwigs a guy called Jonathan, Jonathan Shannett who would be quite well known to people in the UK he's like a, a big big time agent producer um, he was saying that you know if she does go back to acting she could command fees of you know about 50 million dollars which is massive money um, so who knows maybe she will have to do that i don't think she will because i think she's now gone beyond that and that she will want to do uh some level of producing executive producing on big projects whether that is with like netflix or oprah i mean oprah has her own production company isn't she so maybe they're going to get um you know to, to do more shows like harry's doing with with oprah and apple tv so I think that's the way that they will end up doing it. But that is, is that going to net you 10 million quid a year? I'm not sure. Anyway, I'm not so sure. Female empowerment and racial inequality, they were the two issues that Helena flagged up. Um, but it's actually Harry that's got back on the TV first. He's in this new Netflix Rising Phoenix documentary about the um, about the Paralympic Games and sort of speaking very passionately about that. So, you know, you can get a bit of, get a bit of Harry on your telly if you wish to. Um, but I think one of the things as well that has been interesting in these different events well firstly the the shorts that she wore for baby to baby they were really quite short we saw megan's fabulous legs again short shorts they were short shorts you wouldn't i probably wouldn't wear those as a royal i don't think not apart from maybe on your holidays and then the look she had for her gloria steinem um chat was just like super glamorous loved it loved it loved it big hat big hat that's a very good technical description that's excellent what's it called that hat is it a fedora it's a a straw hat no i think that's a normal one and that's got less of a brim i think what's um, a fedora like a pork pie hat (laughs) 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 i'm not sure it's ever quite been described as that it's what's a fedora why am i thinking fedora anyway right well while russell figures out what a fedora is let's hear from our resident fashion expert sarah bradbury bradbury (laughs) who uh, did us a little bit of a recording giving us a rundown on what megan has been wearing since she's been back in california recently yes so Megan's style has definitely changed since going to California and she's very much back in touch with her roots. You know, the Megan we kind of knew and loved during her time on Suits and her time on Instagram um, and very much before she became a royal. So when she was at the Baby to Baby event in LA recently, she looked incredibly casual but yet chic at the same time. So she wore an oversized Victoria Beckham striped shirt, which could have easily been one of Harry's and sort of stolen from his wardrobe. Um, and she sort of tucked it into a pair of khaki shorts um, and paired it with a pair of Adidas Stan Smiths, which we know she loves to wear and has been seen wearing them quite a lot recently. So she was, you know, ready for action, ready to run around and kind of get stuck in, which is great from Megan. And more recently, um, in her chat with Gloria, Gloria Steinem um, for The Makers, I personally think it's incredibly hard to pull off an all-white look, and Megan has nailed it. You know, she's wearing a very sort of basic white tee, beautiful pinstripe Annie Bing trousers, um, and some leather, vegan leather, um, Stella McCartney sandals. So she just looks very comfortable in her own home where she's sort of sat in the seat having a chat with Gloria she just looks so well put together but with that very quintessential California girl you know hair is lightly tussled makeup is very basic from what we can tell in the black and white pictures but she just looks really happy and just seems to be embracing her more normal life not what she's kind of got now with Harry over there 
Um, the more, the most formal look I guess we've seen her in is when she appeared on a Zoom call with Harry for the Queen's Commonwealth Trust. You know, she wore this gorgeous, again, white, sort of thick strapped square neck dress. We're kind of unsure of the brand, but it's just very simple makeup again. Hair was, you know, sort of tussled and tucked behind one ear. And I think she just looked incredible, but so well put together. But from what we could tell from basically the collarbones up, she just, she and Harry just seemed so happy. Um, and she looked so stylish at the same time. I think that's the sort of dress that girls have been desperately Googling and looking on ASOS and Topshop and various other websites of that kind of like square neck, thick strap look that you can kind of dress up with, you know, a heeled sandal or dress down just like Megan would with a pair of Adidas Stan Smith. So it's very, very common and trendy to wear that sort of dress and Megan just looks stunning as per usual. Um, as for her accessories, she is not without her Monica Veneda bracelet, the chain bracelet. Um, I think sometimes these are kind of given the name of a friendship bracelet, which I think is adorable. Um, and her Cartier love bracelet, which I think is one wanted and worn by most celebrities and loved by a lot of people. So yeah, she, I can't wait to see more from Megan and what her wardrobe has in store for her now. She's in LA and kind of adopting she seems to have an, had a, had like a, almost like a, a wardrobe overhaul um, and she just looks completely different and I'm really, really enjoying to see some more casual looks she's she's going to bring out because, you know, when Kate does her casual looks, you know, she loves some Zara and Topshop and kind of our high street heroes that we love and have got to know here. So cannot wait to see what um, Megan kind of pulls out of her wardrobe, um, especially the UK's where this has been up and down and I think a lot of us struggle with what outfits to put together and find. And Megan is definitely one I'm going to be looking up to for my summer wardrobe and going into autumn as well. I just, I can't wait to see what she is going to be wearing because I'm very much loving what she's done so far. So thanks to Sarah for that. Russell, any word on what fedoras? Okay, for, yeah, fedoras sort of like what you'd see an old gentleman wearing at the cricket. Okay, good. Like a, and this, like a Panama this big, hat. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. Uh, and uh, what I'm t I was talking about, like a trilby, that's that's like a pork pie hat, isn't it? Yeah, that maybe. Pork pie Bowler hat? hat? Yeah. I don't know. Too no, many no. hats. This Dear is a big me. hat. I'm just looking at this hat. It's very big. It's, like, but, it's, pr it's pretty sunny in LA, though, to be honest. We're, we're not, we haven't got the sun, weather reference. We haven't got the sun today. Uh, I was, I was, I should, um, I might post a picture of myself in my massive hat that I've got, which I'm gonna, oh, yeah, yeah, it's what like sort of hat, the joke straw hat, hat straw hat, it's this big. Lord. Um, anyway, right, that's always a good visual reference <laughs> on a podcast. When you hold your hands up. Um, one final comment on Harry and Megan from Veggie Barger on Instagram. Alison from Hot Texas here, it's a little sweaty laughing emoji i hope it's cooled down a bit for you alison um i'm still very confused about this grandiose display of wealth how are they making their stable income to support this and why do they keep insisting on asking the rest of us to be environmentally conscious when they invest in such a carbon footprint so many poor and hypocritical decisions people will argue that it's not our business but i believe that it 100 is even though i'm not a british taxpayer they can't spread the message that we should be doing our part in this universal conversation if they refuse to do it themselves also big pan fan of the pods kiss so thanks for your comment Alison I think that you know that isn't even something that we really touched on when we were discussing the the giant mansion that they've moved into in California but I mean yeah that is that is the tension of of life and life choices and and lifestyle which to a certain extent we all face and you know before the pandemic came sort of out of nowhere the climate emergency was the big talking point and loads of progress have been made on reducing how much plastic people were using and all of that kind of thing and then everything seems to have gone a bit backwards so we'll just need to reset and go again and uh, obviously we'll be doing that with the podcast again in a few weeks time but you can keep in touch with us on instagram and twitter in the meantime because we'll be we will be about a little bit um so what else has been going on this week so this is a favorite bit in the year russell is when the baby names that were given to all of the babies in the previous year are like released and analyzed by the office for national statistics yeah so, you know often they've been they've been dealing with a lot of the pandemic data so i'm sure they were happy to be dealing with this instead um so a little nugget so do you know what the top names were last year uh, Ol uh oliver and olivia were they correct yeah oh, yeah that's good knowledge yeah. no no baby gary's oh, was this last year there was no baby gary's 
There are a few, there, there are names that fall entirely sort of out of popularity. Just like gone. literally there was no Gary's. But um, I posted on the Instagram the two, I sort of looked at the um, top girls' royal names and the top boys' royal names. So Camilla and Megan with an H have never been in the top 100. But Elizabeth Camilla, Diana, never in the top 100, gosh. No. Elizabeth, Diana, Anne with an E, Sophie, Catherine and Charlotte have all been in the top 100. And currently the toppest of them is Charlotte, just ahead of Sophie. So Charlotte and Sophie are the top ones. Um, and then on the boys' front... Well, I'm just uh, looking. They're very now. They're very now, aren't they? You do hear Charles, a lot of Charles, William, girls. Harry, George, Louis and Archie have all been in the top 100. And currently the top of them is George, followed yeah. by Harry, William. William's on the, on the downturn. I mean, Charles has gone right off a cliff. But the thing I found really interesting, like Louis was really popular in the very, very early 20th century and then made a comeback in like the mid-90s. Well, they do this, though, don't they? they? You know, like um, sort of old names that you would hear of, like your gran and her friends, like Betty. So Betty, Betty came back, which is a lovely young girl's name, I, I think. Or that's Olive. my granny's name. Was it? My See, that's one of my friends is called. Well, so again, that's like your gran's name. One of my friends called us kid Betty. That's a lovely name. Uh, Olive. I love the name Olive. That's come. That's come back. Sort of. You would expect a, maybe an older older lady. But obviously, I also had to look up our names. Oh, so gosh, go on. Russell and Daniel in the gallery and Anne and Zoe, who is a regular with us. So, I, like, it's fair to say Daniel is the most consistently popular. I think he may even have been number one at some stage in the mid-1990s. Common, it's good, it's good common you mean. <laughs> 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 oh, mean. So, Russell had his high point in the 1960s, getting to the heady heights of about 55 and Everyone then, was on drugs in the 60s, though, weren't they? So And then uh, gradually fell out of fashion and disappeared in the mid-1980s. Uh, and not and, popular now. I mean, no, no gosh. No. <laughs> well, we all know say. that, Russell. <laughs> Unpopular Russell, yeah. <laughs> no, what was it? What were you, uh, mystical, mysterious, magical Myers? All of that. All, all of that. that. Love it, love it. Um, I was most popular in the mid 1940s. I was in the top ten. I was like number five or something. Yeah, I would have. Yeah, yeah, top ten. That's and good. then disappeared mid 70s and. Zoe appeared in like the mid 70s was pretty popular and then has been declining and then made a bit of a comeback but anyway the reason I, I just always find it really interesting but there was a particular nugget that got picked out by um Claire Miller from the data unit because she she like looks through all of this data and then every year you always look a bit for the royals and a bit for game of thrones or whatever the most recent stuff has been anyway so Charlotte and George Kate and Williams picks for their two children were particularly popular with mums aged 35 and over, both coming in second, while ranking 47th and 10th respectively for mums aged under 25. However, Archie, the name of Harry and Meghan's son, was the third place to pick for mothers aged under 25, but 43rd for mothers aged 35 and over. Mm. So I just thought that was really interesting that maybe, you know, the Sussexes have got more of that influence with the younger generation which would not be not be surprising probably really but what i am also trying to find where is the oh, message from mrs rumpf one of our um lovely instagram followers who said i named my sons william and henry and it wasn't until after the second was born and named someone pointed out to me that i named them after the princes no totally, way that totally must have factored in subconsciously because george was also shortlisted <laughs> that's brilliant so anyway tremendous names and you know good good ones it's, it's a great responsibility to choose what what you're going to be known as but that's yeah, anyway the, uh, i'm just reading like, like yeah so like several. harper harper's quite popular because of the beckhams and dua is that how you pronounce dua leaper yeah that's gone it. from from yeah i mean how i didn't even think that would be that popular number 63 so I've got a theory that Louis is popular not only because of Kate calling Louis Louis, but also because One Direction fans who are fans of ah, Louis are now very good. Have babies. Very so that's good. That's my theory. 
anyway, so that was a little bit of light relief with the names and congratulations to Daniel on being the most consistently popular slash common. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Dan. Anyway, um, so one thing that happened over the weekend, which like, I, you know, I was kind of enjoying my time off and then there was this, uh, there was this video circulating on social media of a protest outside Buckingham Palace. And I looked at it like it, it didn't look like it was from now because there was nobody really wearing masks and it just didn't, you know, it's, and so often there, are, there is stuff that gets picked up and put out again as being related to something. But I was wrong. It turns out it, it did really happen. Um, so there were protesters outside Buckingham Palace with various like placards um, related to um, so stopping child trafficking. And um, it was it was part of a march and different things going on um, in different places around the country. Well, again, I mean, I think a lot of people misjudge this one, to be honest, because uh, it, it, it has created quite a, a big storm over the weekend. And um, you know, uh, if you haven't seen the footage, it's readily available. I think, astonishingly, it's been viewed three million times uh, by on some profiles. And there's obviously a lot of other offshoots. And it has it has since then been been covered extensively. We we have obviously covered it as well. Now, the footage was originally from. Um, a group called the Freedom for the Ch the Children Global Walk London protest, and as you said, it was all about sort of stopping child trafficking. Uh, un unfortunately, it's a, a, de a devastating fact that um, child trafficking and child abuse has has gone up since the coronavirus crisis, and this is something that they were campaigning against. And uh, I think one of the the central themes is is obviously um, you know we, an unarguable fact that we are spending so much money fighting. The coronavirus crisis we are potentially neglecting other forms of protection um in in, in all sorts of communities but one of those things that these groups were, were campaigning against was child trafficking now um people at the palace i've spoken to have have, have come have confirmed that this actually did take place on saturday there hasn't been any comment from them but i think um the fact that there were similar protests in london and manchester speaks volumes but the just the sight of people outside waving plastic cards um you know shouting things about pedophiles uh, outside the gates of buckingham palace is, is is very very powerful and um and concerning for, for for the palaces as well well that's you know that is the thing isn't it and the the footage has been viewed three million times around the world and you know it's brought awareness to a, a cause like we would all agree that stopping child trafficking is is a good um, cause to be campaigning for and it, it's just difficult for the palace they need to they are now associated with that with that issue and it's you know the it's not going away is the problem no it isn't and uh, and this is hot on the heels of um virginia roberts gaffray saying uh last week you know, there's, a, there's a new documentary coming out. Uh, she's, she's speaking once more. Essentially, she was saying, uh, this is uh, Prince Andrew's accuser, the, the woman who has you know, accused Prince Andrew of, of having sex with her on three occasions in, in 2001. Obviously, he's vehemently denied all these allegations, but again, she has come out and um, she, she's essentially said that she's running out of hope uh, because... The fact that Andrew hasn't inked that date in his diary to speak to the FBI. Um, you know, we've spoken before at length about the the fact that he's said, or his team have said, that they've offered to cooperate on on no less than three occasions this year. However, um, yeah, there's more and more pressure heaping on here because Virginia Roberts has said that. Uh, given more details about the conversations that she'd had with Prince Andrew and Ghislaine Maxwell, who is obviously awaiting trial in a, in a New York jail cell on multiple counts of facilitating this sex abuse for, on the, at the hands of Jeffrey Epstein. And um, Virginia Roberts has said that, um, you know, Andrew compared her to his daughter's Eugenie and Beatrice because after being asked by Ghislaine Maxwell to guess her age, uh, and then, you know, it, she, he gets sort of 17 and, it, and made a comment about the fact that, oh, my daughters are just a few years younger than her. I mean, this is, it's just all painting a very unsavoury picture at the moment. And, and regardless of whether Andrew or his team are con con consistently and constantly saying that we're offering to speak to the FBI, we are there to cooperate with these investigations, the very fact that he hasn't spoken to them um, is quite concerning. Now, 
again, we spoke to this, about this before that he has offered to potentially write uh, a written statement, but they do not want that. They want him to be the stand in front of a judge in the UK. That would be a magistrate's court and it would be some sort of video linked where he would be bound by oath essentially to, to, um, to give an account of himself and, and his relationship with Epstein and Maxwell throughout all these awful, awful allegations that are la- labelled at them. Um, and then the, sort of the, the, the nuclear scenario for, for, for them and for Andrew is the fact that they um, get him to go over to the States and, and stand before a judge in a, in a US courtroom um, or, you know, investigators um, under caution. And, and and the very fact that that hasn't happened, and this has been rumbling on for, you know, nine months now since, you know, eight, nine months since he made his awful appearance on BBC Newsnight, makes one wonder how long this can can really rumble on for before, um, before it reaches breaking point. And I'm sure part of the reason that that footage did get so much traction was that feeling that, you know, Meghan and Harry are being put in the spotlight for a decision they've made to live their lives positively and in a happy way that is better for them and should be better for everybody. Whereas there is less of a spotlight on on Prince Andrew, Jenny on Instagram asking, why isn't anyone asking how Prince Andrew is earning any money now? He isn't a working member of the royal family. And it is, you know, it is, it is difficult. And I can understand, I can understand people's frustrations about that. And we do try to bring you updates on the Prince Andrew situation whenever, whenever there are any, I guess the reality is that a lot of things are in a holding pattern with that until really he, he does speak, um, speak with the FBI as, seems may happen at some stage um but yeah anyway and also obviously there are legal restrictions about what what we can discuss so there are there are there are particular issues there as well so we do we do our best to, to keep you updated on that um within the limitations of what we can talk about um one of the other issues that obviously is ongoing is kind of like reviewing our place in history and our attitudes to things that previously were always just you know they were just the way things are and they were just acceptable and it was fine and then the latest so obviously we had the statues earlier and now we're on to um music so the proms is usually a big a big deal um with albert hall and all of that and uh there's been a big debate this week about whether land of hope and glory and rule britannia are acceptable in the current age and russell they're not the only places looking at it no, and you know this is a. We looked into it, Mirror Exclusive, about um, the you know the Queen's favourite sporting event, Royal Ascot, which is a you know global phenomenon every year, uh, and the the uh, the organisers are considering. Um, sort of axing Royal Britannia and Land of Hope and Glory from the bandstand celebrations that go on every year. And if you've if you've ever been there, it's an amazing sort of occasion. Royal Ascot is, is, is a wonderful festival, and the Queen goes every year. It's you know, a great fanfare, people betting on her, her, her colour of her hat and all sorts. But afterwards, sort of after every day, there's a bandstand with the singer, and there's you know a rousing set of popular songs. They sing "Angels" by Robbie Williams, "Sweet Caroline," all the sort of popular songs. "My Way," "Delilah." But right at the end, there's sort of it reaches a crescendo, and they sing Jerusalem. Um, you know, and there's hundreds of people sort of waiting. You know, or just at right at the end of the day, probably sozzles most of them. Um, but they all sing, you know, arousing renditions of Land of Hope and Land of Hope and Glory, Rule Britannia, and then God Save the Queen. Now, on, in 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 um, in light of the Black Lives Matter movement, and we're all, all having these conversations, and rightly so, and the 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 um, the attention given to last night at the proms because of coronavirus, but because of Black Lives Matter movement and, and whether it is appropriate to be singing these songs. I found out that um, that uh, the, the, the race organisers organizers at Ascot are now considering. Now, they obviously, they have you know, said that they, they do consider the set list every year. However, I've been there for the last few years and they're always the same songs. And I even went back and looked at the videos from uh, from each year and they are the same songs and these the, uh, the, the ones we just discussed at the end are always played. Now, it would be very, very interesting to see, well, one, if Ascot goes ahead and we hope that COVID isn't an issue next year, but um, I think that they won't sing them. And I think you might find um, you might find a similar situation where the music is played, but therefore there won't necessarily be a singer. 
Uh, interestingly enough, last night the Proms BBC confirmed that they would be sung next year. However, uh, will they be? I don't know. I think that it's right that we're having these com- conversations and the, you know examining the connotations and associations to, to slavery and colo- colonialization and um, and and deem whether they, it is appropriate to be singing these songs and their um, and uh, in this day and age. And there is another more um, unusual musical update that you had as well, which made my jaw drop earlier. What one? That you mentioned Diana and then you mentioned oh, oh my gosh, this is incredible. This is an amazing story. Right. And it sort of bypassed everyone by. However, um, the, the music, there is a new musical that is going to combine Princess Diana and Steps has been announced and Steps it's a being the band from tragedy, like, tragedy yeah what's the other one what's it oh, five one, six one, seven, one, seven eight seven. Yeah, yeah, see, they're a really cheesy terribly Proper cheesy band cheesy. now it is a, deemed as a brand new musical described as taking the music of steps and the story of lady diana and turning it into a musical fit for a princess very few details are currently known, but we do know that the show is in development with GA Productions, who are looking to bring the project to fruition in 2021. Now, George Alexander, the producer, has or uh, would-be producer, has said that it will be uh, camp and fun, uh, really exciting, and it won't be uh, examining the uh, awful tragedy of her death in 1997, but it would be sort of a tribute to her sort of global standing and sort of fun personality. So watch this space. I mean, wow. it sounds sounds pretty pretty wild, and maybe it was Pod the news. Save the Queen night out next year, for Big sure. Big time. So maybe so, it's the news that we all thought we, we didn't need, but we did need. Definitely it, do. Bringing a bit of joy. Um, finally, before we go off on our holiday, yeah. will the Queen be back in Buckingham Palace when we come back to our podcast? Uh, no, uh, the Queen is not going to be uh, at Buckingham Palace. She is going to stay at Windsor Castle after her little holiday uh, with um, with the Duke of Edinburgh in Balmoral. And I think we all saw this coming, really. I think we've maybe even discussed it, haven't we, about Buckingham Palace is, is essentially a working palace. I know it's the Queen's... Um, Queen's abode, but with with uh, the fact that the coronavirus is still an issue, and there's obviously a lot of building work going on there at the moment, and the fact that they can create this bubble at Windsor Castle and Balmoral, it just serves an awful lot of you know perfect purposes. The Queen may travel into London to do some jobs. Um, there's no confirmation of what her diary looks like over the next few months. I just think that uh, no one would begrudge her for doing this. And I think it's a very, very sensible decision by the royal households to, you know, put her um, back in sort of um, the bubble of, uh, of Windsor Castle where, um, where she's been very happy. And we may even see her on Zoom or maybe, maybe some public engagements, but uh, we don't know anything just yet. Well, we will discuss all of that and what it all means <laughs> when we return at the end of September. So, Russell, it's been a delight over the last year to spend quite so much time with you, even if it's not always been in the same room. So I shall miss you dearly over the next few weeks, but enjoy your time off. And we shall very much look forward to catching up when we're back. And the same goes for you two lovely listeners. Keep sending in your messages. Leave us your reviews if you haven't done already. That would be greatly appreciated. But wherever you are, stay safe, stay well. See you at the end of September. And until next time... Pod save the queen!